Mass Effect 3's endings get extended, the Better Business Bureau comes down on Capcom, and GameStop has to provide warning for used games with online passes. All that, plus more, on today's MASHcast. I'm Jared, and I'm here with senior editor Rob Hill Williams. Game on, bitches. <laughs> okay, and I'm also here with podcast hoax Nick Zelenkevich. Hello, everybody. And also, we have an additional person here today, uh, contributor to the site, Mikey Kenny. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Yes. Also, <laughs> I forgot to mention. Mikey also does the Versus Series podcast with us, so we can't forget about that. Yes, when we when we actually are able to come up with something to verse. <laughs> yes, yes, when we do have something to verse, <laughs> he's on the Versus Series. Uh, but uh, let's get right into it. Rob, what have you been playing? I played the things I played at PAX that you can hear on our lovely special edition MASHcast about PAX. But other than that, because apparently that does not count, I really haven't had time to play anything because I've been writing lovely articles about packs for you people. Um, I did download the new free DLC for the multiplayer for Mass Effect 3, but because I've been writing the lovely articles for you people, I haven't had a time to play it. This is what I do for you. <laughs> you sound salty. I'm not so salty. I'm really salty. actually not. That's it's not really salty. salty. It's the job. It's the job. It's not salty. You know, there's going to be weeks where you just don't get to play stuff. I mean, I got, I have something to play right after I get done with writing all these things for review, so, which I can't talk about, but. For now. Yeah. So, you know, it's the job, but it, it's okay, because I got to play plenty of things at PAX, but they don't count. Well, yeah, because we have like a two-hour podcast about that. Stuff. You know, I couldn't just like do like Micro Machines guy, like down the list of games that I played this week. <laughs> Nope. Anyway, so no, I didn't really play anything. I didn't really play anything. So move on, Nick. Go. I've been playing what I always play: uh, DCU and uh, Mass Effect Two. I like the DCU is like what he always plays now. <laughs> After three weeks, it was yeah. two weeks. Yeah, two. Weeks. Well, yeah, no, no, I think it's three weeks now. Oh, because you pl- played it on PlayStation first, and then you yeah. start playing it on PC, right? Yeah, I might try it on PlayStation again just to see now that I'm a little more acclimated with the uh, the PC controls. But and yes, remapping helped immensely. Yeah. <laughs> I did yeah. not like the original layout there. But uh, I'm not, no, I'm just glad in your brain that you think of it as I play this all the time now. Yeah, so it's good. It's good. It shows how addictive that game is. It's yeah, yeah. no, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Mikey? Uh, I've just finished playing Confrontation. Uh, um. Matt, I just that finished. sounded less than happy. <laughs> uh, let's uh, the review will be up soon. You'll see. Uh, Mass Effect Two. I just finished. 
and I think I'm like midway between Mass Effect 3 now. And I just picked up Skullgirls, and I just realized this is like the first time where I haven't said Blaze Blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But you set a fighting game, so your legacy is safe. Yes, as long as I'm playing at least one fighting game, I'm okay. Unless it's Street Fighter, Cross Tekken, and, and we don't talk about that. <sighs> <sighs> okay. It's like uh, cancer, we don't talk about it. <laughs> no, it's like Fight Club, we don't talk about it. Who doesn't talk about cancer? I don't know. Some people don't. Hey. All right, so uh, as for me, um, I played. I think I mentioned Air Mech last week. Did I mention Air Mech last week? Where you you, you have your plane that turns into a jet. It's like a it's an RTS where you, you know you build units and you take the units and you place them out, but you can also shoot other stuff. Did I mention? I'm pretty sure you didn't mention it, but you played it at PAX, so it shouldn't count. Well, <laughs> I played it after PAX too. I, I played it after PAX as well. The reason I played it was because. Um, I talked to the, the the guy who actually made the game at PAX, thankfully, and he explained a lot more about it. And so I wanted to test some of that out. So I played like two rounds. And um yeah, it is actually it's it's a lot more complicated than 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 you think, even though you, you actually do know it's complicated just from playing it. Um I also something I also also played at PAX and then played once I got home was Tribes Ascend, which actually just came out of beta. Um yeah, today actually. Well, by the time you guys listen to this, it will be actually be yesterday. Uh, but Tribes came out of beta on Thursday. Uh, I checked it out briefly, like uh, I think Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and the thing that kind of gets me about it right off the front is cl- Tribes has nine classes. Like if you're familiar with Tribes, you remember that it was you, you only had like the, the weight classes, light, medium, heavy. Now you have three classes within each weight class. You can't pick a weight class. You can only pick one of those classes. But the thing is, out of the nine classes, six are locked off. Right from the bet. And they are... I mean, you can buy them because it's a free-to-play game. So, of course, you know you can buy them if you want to. Or you can try to stack the XP and get it, but... Yo, it's like, it's actually pretty expensive, like, in terms of XP. You're talking, like, 7K XP, and that isn't, like, that's not easy to come by, you know? Uh, and then on top of that, you really can't sit and just stack your you know, your XP because you have to upgrade your weapons for those first classes because if you don't, you just constantly find that you're dying because if you don't upgrade the classes, you won't have the weapon strength, uh, you won't have the, uh, the energy for your jetpack, you won't have the defense you need you know, to to kill a lot of people or to stay alive for very long. So right off the bat, that kind of that kind of bothers me. I'm like, I, I understand locking away, like, weapons and upgrades and stuff like that, but, like, straight up locking up classes, I'm not feeling it. I'm not digging it, you know? Because now, like, how do you even try out the classes, you know? Like, how do you even really try out the classes to see if you want to buy it? Because what could happen is you could buy a class and then – figure out that that class sucks or you really just don't like playing that class so you really just wasted your XP. Well, maybe that's the plan. Maybe the plan is that you you spend XP to get a class and you fucking hate it and then you turn around and you're like, you know what, whatever, I'll spend the $5 and unlock, unlock a couple other classes or something or whatever it's going to cost to unlock classes. Maybe, maybe that's the plan. Maybe. Well, Infuriating the player base. <laughs> in my case, I would just straight up stop playing the game. Oh, as will most people, but, you know, maybe that's just part of their twisted plan. 
I don't know. Who knows? They think that other people stick with it anyway. Well, I guess we'll find out in the future. And just to let everybody know, I was no slouch in my matches, okay? I was capturing flags, I was returning flags, I was killing motherfuckers. So, I was on it. And I'm telling you that 7K is pretty hefty for a, for a class. Alright? Not to mention, you also have to need to upgrade that class afterwards or you're, you're kind of useless. Um, you got something to say? Sounds like a way to just get game longevity out of it. Possibly. But Sounds like just a ploy to get longevity a bad out of way. the game. Yeah, yeah, like, I, didn't say it was a good way, just said it was a way. Oh, oh I know. I know you weren't agreeing with the tactics. I'm just saying, it's a pretty shitty way to do it. Yeah, I mean, like, I can understand... I can understand locking away the classes uh, with XP if the XP isn't, isn't exorbitant, you know? Because it's not like you get the class and then you just have the class. Now you have the class and you have to upgrade that class on top of that. Can you take points away from a prior class to upgrade the other class? No, no, no. Once, oh, once XP you can't is respec? Nope. Oh, once that sucks. You could respe- if you could respec, that could be a little bit better. Well, it's not attribute points. It's It's XP. You know, oh, okay. the experience you get from killing people. So, yeah, yeah, not. Uh, I, I really wasn't feeling that. I'm, I'm, I'm still gonna play it for now. I'm just not gonna spend any money. I'm inclined not to spend money at this point, uh, mainly because I wasn't getting like you know manhandled all that much. Even though people had unlocked the classes, I was still able to hold my own. But you know, I racked that up to my years of FPS experience. <laughs> so, are the three classes you start with are they they're inherently weaker than the unlockable classes? They're not. They're very focused classes. Like, you have the Light Scout, which is pretty much just a really... F- it's a lighter and faster soldier and pretty much made to grab flags and then get the fuck out. You know what I'm saying? Just just move. Um, you have the Soldier, which is your your medium class, decent armor. Um, but, I mean, if you go head... I mean, if a Scout goes head-to-head with a Heavy, the Heavy will blow on him and he'll die. But... Uh, if if like a scout goes head to head with a heavy, there's actually a chance that you might live for the simple fact that you can fly longer than he can. You can move faster than him. You ski fa- well, you don't ski faster than him, but you know you can pick you know stuff like that. So, um, that the the the, the soldiers mid I was mid range, and then you have heavy, which does massive damage, but they move really slow. Like it is devastating, stopping your momentum as a heavy. Because then you just move so freaking slow. It's, it's it's ridiculous. But that's just part of the game. I'm not complaining about it. That's the way it is. Because if I do see somebody, and they're, like, if they're, and they're on the ground, I, it's pretty easy for me to take them out. So, um, But the, the, the three classes are, are, you know, basically when you unlock other stuff, uh, it's variations of those classes. Like, you know, if you get the, uh, forget, there's a sniper class, but it's not called sniper. Uh, so you can get him, and it kind of swaps out your, your weapons for like a sniper rifle, stuff like that. And you have like the raider who has these these sticky bombs that he can put up. So, yeah. But tribes of sin tried that, and I'm not too thrilled. But I'm gonna continue to check it out. On the flip side of that, I've been playing Ghost Recon Online, and I think Ghost Recon Online, as long as they continue down their current development path, and don't get greedy and don't fuck it up will blow the doors off of free-to-play. It's Really? Yeah, it's the best free-to-play game that I've played so far, and it's in closed beta. Mm, that's interesting, because I really like League of Legends right now, and that's my free-to-play game as of right now. Uh, yeah, I don't even really... For some reason, when I think free-to-play, I don't even think League of Legends. I think it's because I played it 
really early. Like when League of Legends and Han first came out, I played both and I stuck with Han. Mm-hmm. League, of, League of Legends. Um, but yeah, this like just just start the end. Uh, uh, quick story. It's in closed beta. It has a lot of bugs, and because of the bugs, I can't play it on on high or medium graphics. I have to put it on low. Uh, if I want to play at my max resolution. Other than that, it looks like if I don't play on max resolution, I can I can't really see it at all. Um, but the game it doesn't look too bad at low resolution. Um, but just even at low resolution, the interface is wonderful. Um, the control scheme, like pretty much the default control scheme. The only thing I switched was my was my um, running, my sprinting, my crouching, and my prone. I I changed those things. But other than that, the control scheme is marvelous. Like, it just feels so natural to do stuff, and it's so easy to do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Character uh, animations are very pronounced and detailed. Like, there was a... I was behind cover, and there was a sniper uh, shooting at me. And I knew he was low on ammo, and I was just waiting for him to reload. And, you know, I was waiting to see a little Twitch animation where he just kind of puts the clip inside the gun. But, like, it was very pronounced. Like, he reached back into, like, his like, his backpack and pulled out a clip and then push, puts it into the front of the gun and pushes it up. So I knew exactly when he was reloading, you know, and so wow. I was able to kill him. It was really nice. Um, but the gameplay itself with the, with the cover, like, with the cover system that you have, and the weapon selection, which of course you either have to unlock with the end game currency, or you can just pay for it. So you know it's like those things are pretty nice. Um, I guess your perks, like you know, you can turn your ghost invisible. And dude, when you're invisible, you're invisible, man. Like it's really tough to actually see somebody move when they're invisible. Like they, like you know, especially if they if they if they crouch walk. And they're invisible. It's like you you have to be very keen to see that, you know. Um, trying to think what else. Just, I don't know. I just had a blast playing the game. I really did. And it's like it's in closed beta. One thing that I had a problem with originally was this thing they call consumables. They have a section called consumables that, you know, you pay to get them, but just because you have them, they're not necessarily unlocked. Um, like you know, if you pay for a gun. Guns unlocked, and you can just use their gun. You don't have to pay for ammo, unless it's special ammo. You can buy the specialty ammo uh, if you want to. But grenades are consumables. Like I, I thought I was unlocking grenades, so I bought them, and then we switched. I ran out of one map, and then I, we switched out. We switched maps, and I thought uh, I had more grenades, so I hit the button to grenade somebody, and I ended up dying because I didn't have any grenades. That's when I found they were consumable. Like you have to keep buying grenades. So I was like kind of turned off by that, but then when I actually looked at the uh, the price of grenades in in-game currency, it's actually really insignificant. In in-game currency, like at the end of each round, if you wanted to, you could you could buy you could buy grenades, and it's not that that uh, you know big of a deal. Or if you want to just use real money to buy grenades, it's extremely cheap. So I kind of like it now because it'll keep grenade spam down. For the most part, you know. So, so, but I don't know. Ghost Recon Online is good. I'm trying to get some keys, some extra uh, beta keys for you guys, and uh, you know, so I can give them out and have more people to own up. You know what I'm saying? 
So <laughs> I think he just want, I think he wants to just pray so he can get his experience higher. <laughs> yeah, so uh actually you know what I noticed at PAX I will say one thing. I don't think we didn't talk about this so on the PAX East on the PAX East podcast. Well, that's because we really talked about the games really. Yeah. A lot of the of course there were free to play games there, but a lot of the people on free that were doing free to play were very adamant about not having a pay to win scheme. Like, uh, for example, tribes, uh, they said you can buy weapons with real money, but you can't. You are you cannot buy upgrades to those weapons with real money. You can only use XP. Right. So you know, yeah, you can get new weapons and all that, but you can't. You know, you can't upgrade them. So you'll, you'll be running around with base weapons. So it kind of balances it out. Um, everybody's doing the whole, you know, pay to have like seven days of double XP thing, which I'm like, okay, they got to make money somehow. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if if that's like five bucks for seven days, I, I, I think I'm like, okay, you know, I think that might be fair, especially for a game that would definitely sell for 50, 60 bucks, you know, um, if it was in the store. But that's their revenue stream. Uh, kind of the same thing with Ghost Recon. Like you know, even with their consumable sections, you have grenades, you have these armor items that you can that you can uh, use as a consumable, and then you can do the the whole thing with uh, you know buying double XP for like a week or a month. You know, perhaps maybe they have a premium plan that maybe like I don't know, ten bucks a month, and you get double XP all the time. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, but I guess we'll see. But yeah, a lot of a lot of them were adamant about the whole not doing the pay to win thing. But basically, what you would pay for is to make your you know double experience or make it faster for you to get double XP or get the XP you need. Yeah, it's it's weird in a way. Like the they all do talk about like no we don't want it to be play to win like every interview i ever see with anybody who's got like a free-to-play game like super monday night combat said the same thing so did novus eterno like two games i went and saw and it was like we won't we don't want it to be like pay to win and it's weird in a way because it's like free-to-play has such a bad like rap that they have to even say that every single time they do an interview well, yeah like cause... it should be understood that it, it's not play to win but like that's the problem is that it like it you know it got twisted up so bad when it you know you get started on it that it's like oh it is pay to win it's just funny yeah it's a yeah. fine line they have to be careful of crossing they got to make sure like the things they do don't end up unbalancing it for people that don't pay Choose for something pay. right yeah. yeah isn't there a market though for people who would pay to oh, win pay yeah to that's why so we have two that's why there's a, bidding, a bidding war and and, and Make money that way. Just I'm, make a complete crap game where it's just you just put money in to win and, and just. Well, I think right that's what happened. Happen. Though. There are so many games that did that, and then you have games like Zynga where that is what you do. Well, and well I, it's like why you know you have to like you know get escape the stigma kind of. Well, what I'm gonna look for is to see the effects of uh, the uh, auction houses in Diablo and see how that goes. Oh, that should be interesting, but we'll that's see what, what I'm gonna I'm gonna look for. I'm I'm kind of curious how that's gonna fly. But anyways, yeah, impromptu, uh, you know, topic there. Right. <laughs> Go us. <laughs> Woo! No, yeah. We're unscripted. Yeah. Well, now let's get to, let's get the brass tacks now. <laughs> get to our uh, 
actual topics. Um, couple of things happening. Uh, first of all, actually, the announcement was made last week. Uh, I think it was actually made on Thursday. Yes, it was made on last Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Be, and that's when we were traveling to PAX. So, obviously, we didn't report on it. But, uh, yeah, Mass Effect 3 Extended Cut. Uh, Bioware announced that they will be releasing DLC that will extend the endings or expand upon what was ha- what you know what happens in the Mass Effect universe. So a lot of those people who were angry about the Mass Effect 3 ending are now appeased. But I guess that, well, we talked about it. I think a week or two ago, there were there were multiple there were multiple reasons why people were upset. Like some people were upset because they said that the the ending uh, didn't really explain anything or it didn't um, provide closure. So those people are taken care of. But then you also have the people who were mad uh, because of the uh, the fact that they they didn't feel that the endings reflected their shepherd. You know that they were really mad about the fact they they, they didn't think the, the endings reflected their shepherd. So those people will probably still be upset because Bioware is not changing the endings. No. Yeah, I can. Sh- in fact, I can. I can guarantee you both of those points because they. I was at the pa- at the panel they had um, for Bioware Mass Effect, and I expected it to be a shitstorm. I really did. <laughs> sitting, I'm serious. Sitting in line, I. It, it was just like nothing but people complaining about shit, like complaining about endings, complaining about these weird conspiracy theories that I hadn't even heard of before. Like I was sitting in line. And I was like, this is just going to be the biggest waste of time. It's going to be people with like signs and protesting and people chanting shit. And it's just going to be terrible. And got, I got in there and the, the the moment that I knew that something was just weird and that gamers just, I don't know, deserve everything they get is when they did say in the panel, they were like, we want to reiterate the fact that the endings will not or the, the, the extended cut will not change the endings. We believe in what the what the team did as far as the endings and, and the vision that they had and they won't change. All it's going to do is provide closure about other stuff. And and the room applauded. Like I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> well I I don't really they applauded. Um but they did. I, like- I I was there. I had to record. I'm like they they applaud. Like the room applauded. Like there there were people who reported otherwise, but I think it's those same people that Jared were talking about that are still mad. Like yeah. there's people at the retake Mass Effect movement that are still angry. And yeah, like I heard it's... multiple conspiracy theories, like that people were asked to leave the line that. Bioware set up people to ask questions at the end that were from that were like picked by Bioware like ahead of time that like it, it just like all these different conspiracy theories and then on top of that you have retake Mass Effect people who are like live blogging and saying that like oh they're angry chants and and people are booing and I'm like dude like I'm sitting in the room and like I expected it to be that kind of a shitstorm and it wasn't so it's it's just weird like there's some people that are, are never going to be happy. Yeah. They're just never going to be happy. To be honest, I think this was probably the best way they could have handled this. I'm glad that they're not changing the ending at all. I haven't seen it. Let's get that. I'll state my claim right now. I haven't seen it, trying to avoid seeing it until I actually play through it. But I'm really glad that they're sticking to their guns and not changing their creativity on what they feel like was, to them, the quintessential ending of the series. Go Bioware for that. Extending it to make it to where everyone sees a bit more of what that ending means for everything, cool. Because you know what, it's been done before. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, 
Uh, uh, well, I think we already knew that Bioware was not going to change the ending. Yeah, yeah there's no had, way. There was no way they were going to do that. Um, because, I mean, it would, I mean, that was the fucking ending. And the people who did like the ending would now be upset. So now you have a total, you know, a totally different problem. And then on top of that, you know, uh, you just, you, you now set a precedent that, okay, now, you know, if we are mad, we can, we can complain and we can do this and do that. Well, yeah, as long as we as well, long as we stomp our nerd rage hard enough that we can change any ending. Well, did you notice that like remember Infamous Two when they had a uh, a different cult they had to reskin Cole back to the way he used to look because they changed his look. People got so outraged that they changed it. Yeah, but that was outraged that at least made sense. Yeah, you look at that character and you're like, who the fuck is that? Like they get well, a new guy they look at the ending and they're like, who the heck is that Shepherd? That was not my, you know. There's, you haven't seen the ending yet, so I know, so I can't really. I, I'll let that, I'll let that pass in a way because it's like it is your shepherd, but you know, I, I mean, like it's, it's, it's a little bit different. It's one thing when it's like extreme sense of entitlement going on that, like, well, I don't like that ending, so you need to change it because I don't like it. Versus, this really doesn't make sense. Like, who is this guy? Mm. Like, I, sometimes, sometimes rage can be good. Sometimes rage can be, yeah. <laughs> questionable yeah well it's funny that you you know you you bring up the thing about entitlement uh because our actually our next topic is regarding the better business bureau saying that mass effect 3 may have actually been falsely advertised which that is something that you know the people you know a lot of people were saying that you know mass effect 3 uh you know was falsely advertised that they told you you can control your shepherd and uh you really could not control it. Well, you, you, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. You, not that you can control your shepherd, but that you shape your experience. Uh, so uh, Marjorie Stevens uh, is the director of communications at the Better Business Bureau. And uh, there's a quote from her in this article. It says, uh, uh, the issue at stake is did Bioware falsely advertise? And she says, technically, yes, they did. And the first bullet point where it states, the decisions you make completely shape your experience. There is no indecision in that statement it is an absolute and she continued and she said that you know she just talked about the marketing points on the uh official mass effect website uh but primarily that one that they say uh you know the decisions you make completely shape your experience which and that's what if you notice she said technically yes uh because technically speaking they said it's it's the complete experience which would include the ending so now (laughs) <laughs> the thing I have kind of to say about that is that I mean, how long have we been playing video games, guys? And you know, you know that a game that this is the end of the series, and the game has to have an ending. I mean, how much of your decisions affected what happened in the other two Mass Effects? I mean, I understand some things definitely did happen, you know, uh, with characters like some characters died, some characters didn't, so you might get different endings. But exactly how much changed based on your decisions in the game? Like, you know, everybody's decision, everybody's endings were, I would say, probably similar in the first two Mass Effects. And you guys, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, because you know, you're the ones who finished Mass Effect one and two. I mean, like one, there's, it's weird because like one, there's only a couple things that you can really affect that carry over. Two has a lot more repercussions as far as like characters are concerned, who you see and stuff like that by the end. And three. But like, it, it's weird because it's three is the end. So 
it has to have like a final ending. But I guess my issue is that like I agree and I disagree with like what what she's saying. I guess when I this seems more like a, a problem with advertising in general that like advertising always promises things that sometimes like don't really happen sometimes, but that the decisions you make completely shape your experience. And it depends on, you know, like if you kind of follow that, like, well, life is about the journey, not the destination type of thing. If you're thinking like it's about the destination, then like, no, technically, then like, no, you, the decisions you make don't necessarily affect the ending. Cause you have the choices you have at the end period. But it's been that way through all the games in a way. But then if you say like, well, it's about the journey, like everything that you do, just every decision you do make completely shapes everything that happens as far as like all the different stuff that's in play everywhere else aside from the ending. So I don't know. I mean, like it's, I'm, I'm torn in a way, but like the three has less in the way of at the very end, here's a string of choices that you make that affect things. Because it can't, in a way, the same way that one and two did. You know, yeah, like because nothing can carry over to the next game because it's the end. Right. At least as far as you know. At least as far as we know, we we don't even know actually. That's the other oh. thing too. Is like well, we if there's going to be more. This is, this is the end of Shepard's journey. We know it's the end of Shepard's journey, but what kind of repercussions does Shepard's decisions at the end and stuff have on what comes next? Yeah. I and the implications are actually really huge if you've play through to the end but we don't know that because right now we're just stuck in limbo waiting to see you know what is next so people are upset because like to them this is it so i don't know it's meh 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 gotcha. womp womp yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think rob just did it if you didn't like the ending lma <laughs> like, you know, I did. Oh, I really uh... didn't. It's not the best ending in the universe, but it was just kind of like it. You know, it is what it is. Like if you don't like it, in a way, it's like, well, I understand being upset, but that's it. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I just my whole thing about the Mass Effect three ending. It's like I uh, see to me. I, I even though I, th- I think games definitely can be artistic. Um, I, I view games pretty much as a product for the most part, and you know, I mean, you just you you know when you come to the ending of something like you know this is the end of the series, like they have to wrap it up, you know that's that's just the way it is. I don't even, you know, I I was actually just I, I mean I, I couldn't say I was too surprised at the backlash. Like I'm like okay, they're 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 raging about it, but how large it actually became, like, going to the FTC and stuff like that, like, that's a bit much, you know? Uh, but, uh, yeah, actually, we have more Better, uh, better Business Bureau news. It's the Better Business podcast apparently this week. <laughs> yeah, but I actually approve of this one. <laughs> uh, well, this one is regarding uh, Capcom. Uh, they have actually been downgraded by the Better Business Bureau. Uh, they've been downgraded from an A plus to a B rating, uh, following the backlash, uh, consumer backlash around Street Fighter X Tekken on disc DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, now they said they, they've had 42 logged complaints, but prior to this, prior to March 27th of this year, there were only nine in the last three years. Nine complaints, and now you have 42 after you know having the on disc dlc and 
you know, it's just it's just funny because you know Capcom is consider they keep on saying that oh on disc DLC is the same thing as having regular DLC and it's not that big of a deal, but this is where perception hurts you. This is if consumer perception hurts you here because the consumers feel that it it's not the same thing. They feel cheated that this you know that this content was already on the disc and you just locked it away from them. You put it behind you know a pay gate. So no matter what technical explanations you can give the consumer here, you know, because you may have like very very good reasons for putting this content on a disc. Who knows? It may have gone to certification. And then when it came back, when it got approved, you, know, you injected this into, you know, whatever you're going to put on the disc. And then went about, you know, went about his business. You may have worked on his characters after the game was done and just getting, you know, working on getting the bugs out and stuff like that. And now, you know, you, you put the characters in after that. But it really doesn't make a difference if the consumers feel like they've been cheated. And that's what happened here. I couldn't have put it any better way, actually. <laughs> uh, I just, it's... It bothers me that they they go out and say there's like no difference between dislock content and downloadable content. I mean, uh, they all, I mean, obviously they have the same acronym, but still, it's just to me as a gamer coming from that standpoint, it's like so you finished all these characters and you're purposely leaving them off the disc to charge me later at a date, so that way you don't have to pay to produce more discs for I don't know. Super Street Fighter Cross Tekken 2 Turbo or something like that. I don't know. But it's... They probably also don't have to pay Microsoft and Sony those fees. Right. Well, they all they have to pay is for a, a fee to like uh, throw a key, which is probably like a key to unlock, which is probably probably cheaper because it doesn't require that much space. Right. It... You How sound much? Distraught. <laughs> it's because I really wanted to like this game, but there's just so much about it that just drives me crazy. It, it just. It seems that there's a fundamental disconnect between how much people think games are worth and how much the video game companies think games are worth, and this is their way of of slipping the price point. It. It. it I guess it'd be nice if they just upfront released everything and they said, okay, you know, just pay an extra $20, $30 for the game. You can have it all at once since it's all available, but they're, they're gonna, they're gonna slip it out this way so they can get their money. It's right. And you can stand in their- line and say that, well, we're $60 just like everybody else. Otherwise people be pointing at it and going, why is that 80 bucks? Well, you also got to remember, like, remember when things weren't like, they purposely made these characters prior to release and put them on the disc locked. Now, back in, I don't know, maybe this is just the old ways of film, but when you locked a character, there are ways to unlock it without having to pay for it. One, like there were secret unlocks, but this is a whole other level of locking in the sense where you have well, to yeah, pay to no get money. it. There was no money involved with that. Right. That was just a secret. So that now, wasn't, you know. Right, but now, like, but they, but they're, they're practically done. I don't know if y'all have seen the, uh, uh, videos of the characters hacked and unlocked, but to me they looked pretty done. Uh, and it's just the fact that they didn't release it with the game, even though they're done prior to. It's like I don't know. It just you sound so sad. <laughs> it's it's because I'm afraid that this is going to be a standard in fighting games now. Because it... not after <laughs> this, it, I think it set the standard for all games. I mean. 
there's no reason why a developer can't plan to say, you know, we're going to have such and such unlocked content be available at such and such date for X amount of money because well, we want money. Well, it feels like they – it's like they, they purposely held back content. Like that's just – that's exactly what they did. It doesn't just I, feel and like that's it. why that's exactly it sucks. I feel like you just like you sold me like half a kidney and I needed the whole kidney to live. I don't know. I don't know where well. I'm <laughs> <laughs> See that argument gets to that entitlement. <laughs> gets little, I know. It's like a little entitled sounding, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's just Street like Fighter cross kidney. <laughs> I didn't buy the game, but uh I didn't rent it, but that doesn't give them any money. But I'm happy about that. But I don't know. It's just if anything, it just makes me scared of what the future is going to be like. I mean, because you got to think also, did that mean they also pushed back the date to release the game so they could make that content? So then we didn't even get the game earlier than we probably would had. Well, and you also have to think too, that maybe the reason they didn't, like here, day one, you can unlock these characters if you want, is because they didn't want the back. Maybe they thought that they would avoid the backlash somehow by saying, you know, people be like, oh, it's day one. Well, then it's already there, and blah blah blah. It was already well, ready. So like they probably thought they were being smart and avoiding that controversy until the gamers, you know, do what they do and dig around and found that uh, all this stuff is already here, bro. What's well, going not on? only that, think about it this way: just because now that we know that the DLC is going to be here, we now know that there's not going to be any more. Like other than that, like. All the other characters that we might have wanted for DLC, not going to happen now. Because now we know this is the locked DLC that we're going to get. Hmm. So we might not see some of the other Street Fighter Alpha characters or other Tekken characters that we might have wanted. You know? yeah, I think that's maybe stretching it, though, because I don't, I don't think they, they, well, have they could, they could do regular DLC. Make, they yeah. could, but or they could not i mean there's no guarantee either way but there's not but i think it's i think it's more of a stretch because i mean like it's the same thing they want more money so like here we have this already ready we can get started on working on the other ones and you know like we we have a certain amount of of lot content that we can kind of like subsist on after launch while we work on this other stuff so we can get even more money i mean the thing is like it i mean we're going to talk about this later but this is, I don't even think it's like, oh, this is the future, or like, oh, being worried this is the future. Like, this is the right now. <laughs> this is, like, seriously, this is video games right now. Online passes, disc, disc content, day one deals. This is on, this is gaming right now. I know, it's but, all the horrible things that we didn't want to happen, and it's happening. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's, there's reasons for that. Like, I said, like, we'll talk about it later, but, I mean, in a way, I guess it's good that people realize that, like, you know, like, with Mass Effect and the better, and, like, the Capcom, that, like, they have other avenues of like the regular consumer to like you know make their voices heard about these companies but it, it there's there's also that line because like sometimes gamers get really abusive about certain things or you know the internet in general gets very abusive about certain things like amazon rankings and you know better business bureau and everything else so it's like that line where it's like don't don't abuse it so much that people like stop taking you seriously that better business bureau is like okay okay whatever guys because like you know, this year actually had an effect. Maybe this will affect how they do things in the future. But I think it will. Going from yeah. an A plus to you know, yeah, that's a, a big B. jump. That's, that's what surprised me. It's a big drop. That's I not think, like an A plus to a B plus. I think either. we're just going to see other video game companies suffer the same drop as they all do the same thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, back in the gamers' good graces. Yeah, I mean, I. I think mean, the thing is, like, we all know that DLC is here and it's here to stay. Like, it's not going anywhere. We can't. You know, we don't really don't expect them to you know start packing everything like 
on the disc and then just giving it to you for free. DLC is is not going anywhere. But like I said, it's a huge part of that is consumer, you know, consumer perception. And companies need to know that. So even if they have the content ready, do yourself a favor and just hold it for a month. <laughs> you know, so hold the content for a month and, you know, then release it. And you wouldn't hear half these complaints. Or be transparent. Say, this is why we need to do X, Y, and Z. Don't say, well, there's no difference. Because then you're going to no, get nothing backlash. That, that just, at least yeah. if you're transparent. Uh, at least if you're transparent and say, this is why we have to do X, Y, and Z. And this is what we have to do because this is the cost or something involved. And people might people might surprise you. They might they understand more than you think. We're not unreasonable. <laughs> but yeah. that Mass Effect panel affected you. I don't think you're you're thinking straight. <laughs> no, I, I think it, it actually doesn't even have anything to do with that. It's more like when you see like Notch or somebody interact with like the the community. And like they really are just like upfront about things, and the community responds like in, in a pretty much positive manner. Like, but you don't see that out of big companies. Big companies gotta, you know, have to obfuscate. They have to pretend that you know things are different. <laughs> you know, so I think there's just the difference in like how indies and, and you know bigger companies do business some ways, and the community responds in kind. Yeah. All right, uh, we're gonna move on to our next topic which is regarding the Wii U. Um, I guess it's more rumor, uh, but not necessarily about... Well, actually, I guess you could say there is some information regarding the tech specs, but it's mainly about the pricing. And uh, sources so that, once again, sources that are supposedly close to, I guess, the production of the Wii U are saying that the Wii U will probably retail for around, you know, 300 bucks. Uh, according to them, uh, it says the cost of goods for the Wii U um, costs about 180, and a- about 50 of that is the tablet itself, uh, the tablet controller. And so Nintendo will probably set the price at around 300, because of course they are looking to make, you know, a profit on the unit. But uh, Nintendo came out, I believe it was last year, and they already said that the Wii U would be over 250. They didn't say in the United States it was, it was in a, a Japanese magazine or was it, it might be a TV show, but it was de- it was de- definitely stated that the Wii U uh, is going to cost you know be over 250. Um, now the part I was talking about, you know, maybe you know confirming some hardware rumors is the fact that you know Nintendo is trying to keep cost low. Uh, because you know, by you know having a cheaper GPU and CPU, um, you know, in the unit. So uh, apparently, according to the sources, Nintendo got a uh, you know a pretty good deal on the GPUs and the CPUs. But uh, and some like some people are saying that you know it's only going to be as powerful as a 360 or the PS3. I still have a hard time believing that. I don't think it's going to be as powerful as a, you know, next-gen console. But at the same time, like, I can't see them going back to tech that's seven years old. You know? What do you guys think? They don't care. They, they say themselves they don't care about tech specs and performance. They they care about the gaming experience. And, yeah. I, I mean, we, we've talked before about how, you know, how, how they're at least inferior to the next gen that the, the graphics are going to be here and they're, they're not denying it. They're, they're, they're openly admitting that this is not, 
there's not the console for you if you want you know the the top of the line graphics experience well, they're they're focused on that that price point that's but, their concern but that goes against what they originally said like you know they said they were trying to bring you know get the hardcore gamer back now to get the hardcore gamer back i'm not saying you have to have top of the line graphics like you know you don't have to have the the same graphics that you know the next ps3 is going to have but you know what they need to have something that's that's you know it can't be the same graphics as this generation. But doesn't yeah, it needs to... go ahead. No, you can go. You can go. Well, I, I, it needs to be like a PS three point five at least. You know, maybe not a PS four or whatever, but like somewhere close. You know, but to be fair, I mean, Nintendo's going to make money just off of selling their the console just for its first party. Things. I mean, who's not going to buy a Nintendo for their kids so they can play Mario? And who's not going to buy a Nintendo for the HD Zelda everyone's been wanting? That, that's, that's what I was going to say. Doesn't the hardcore gamer play Zelda? Did they ever really lose the hardcore gamer in that regard? Oh, uh, I think it I sold, to a certain extent. Yeah, I think to uh, that's the thing. Like, you know, a hardcore gamer. Yeah, they, they play Zelda, but, you know, it may not necessarily be worth it to them to you know, to buy a Wii just to play Zelda. But here, here's, here's I think, the, the interesting thing about the Wii's price point is that they're coming out a year ahead of time, and if they come out at 300 you figure by the time that, what, the PS or the Orbis and the Durango come out, that they're going to be <laughs> probably over 300 Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But uh, but that's the thing. I think they'll be they're they're going to try to do what they did with the Wii this generation. Most most gamers have, if not, you know, a, like a Wii and another console. It, it, I think it's it's like oh no like you know this is my gaming console and then oh yeah here's my here's my Nintendo console that I use when I want to play the Nintendo first party game and that's about it. I th- I think that's what they're they're looking to do. They'll come out a year ahead of time. They can release the produce the price when the other consoles do come out, and then they'll just kind of you know ride under the undercurrent in a way. And I, I think that's what they're trying to do. That'll be that'll be great if they weren't trying to please shareholders. What kind of yeah. plan does that sound like? In a, oh, it worked. In a, in a it worked meeting. this generation, didn't it? It did. It did. Yeah. But, they, but, it, but it, it worked this generation. But that wasn't the plan going in, though. I think the plan had a lot more to do with you know attracting that social market, like the wider market. You you can keep hardcore gamers by like kind of coasting on your heels, but it, to a certain extent, it's like, well, people said the same thing about Sega. Where'd they end up? You know, yeah. like. You can't just ride on the Mario and stuff forever. It's good. It's really good. People do play it, but like you can't ride on that forever. And it's weird because there's there's always this kind of like not a disconnect. And I'm I'm not even saying that anybody here is saying it, but I don't know why we always try and pretend that having good like having good gameplay and having like decent tech specs are so far apart from each other, or like that they're such totally separate entities that like to have one you have to give up the other, like having decent tech specs goes in line with having good gameplay. Like, it, it, we're not talking about individual games. We're talking about a fucking system. Like, the better tech specs you have, like, the better things that you are able to do with a system. So, isn't having decent tech specs, not necessarily, like, super great high-end PC graphics now tech specs, but having decent tech specs at least, you know, commensurate with having a decent gameplay experience. You don't have like- to have it, but it helps. It just seems like they're giving up tech specs to add a tablet peripheral to the whole thing, but they are they the simple fact that the controller is you know almost one third of the price of of the cost of production um 
says a lot. It says they're investing a lot in the actual uh, uniqueness of gameplay. Uh, and, you know, it's we still have, we have a couple months out to E3 when we'll really see what developers have been doing with this. Uh, all I have to say is they better have one hell of an E3 this year. They need to. They need to have the best E3. They need. They need to have the best out of the three E3. And you already have Microsoft saying like it's Connect year, so like you, you already eliminated one person that you got to jump over. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, this is true. This is yeah. true. So, so yeah. One thing. One last thing. I, I bet at this point that like every console maker is wishing they had less people involved, so that there was less rumors. <laughs> That's it. I just thought they're all wishing, like, Jesus Christ, I wish we had less people. Well, cutting, uh, cutting people would certainly cut down on the cost if you have less people to pay. Yeah, well, so, you know, who knows? <laughs> they, uh, I, I, I said a couple uh, weeks ago that they may just be throwing out different rumors and seeing who picks up what. So, yeah. Right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Nintendo, I know you listen to the podcast and also, <laughs> you know, just make sure you have a really good E3. But with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next topic. So up next, we have uh, a little smack talk uh, from, I, w- I was going to say between CEOs, but it's not really. It's mainly the Take-Two CEO uh, making a bold prediction that THQ won't be around in the next six months. Uh, you know, basically, he talks, uh, he, actually, he was speaking at the MIT Business and Gaming Conference, a business in gaming conference in Massachusetts, uh, and you know he had some uh, pretty uh, pretty strong words about THQ. Uh, he's saying that you know uh, THQ's strategy was licensed property, uh, and you know they license their stuff from other people. He's talking about you know UFC and WWE, and he says take you know versus Take Two, their whole approach has been to have 100% you know owned intellectual property. Uh, he also uh, actually I'll just read his quote. Um, the most important difference, he's, and he's talking about between Take Two and THQ. Uh, the most important difference is quality. Takes Two has the highest quality ratings among third-party publishers, according to Metacritic and most people in the industry. Uh, quality really, really, really matters. THQ has some good games, but their quality levels aren't even remotely. I uh, said, you know, their quality just hasn't measured up. So you know. He says the strategy didn't work. The execution was bad. Uh, he says, uh, to put it another way, the food was no good and the portions were small. And then he ends by saying, THQ won't be around in six months. And since then, he's apologized. Uh, but really, can you take that back? No. <laughs> you know, it's like, no. It's weird because it's like, I kind of love to see this, but it always turns out the same way, which is like, you know, people backing off and quietly apologize, you know, apologize and all that stuff. And everybody shakes hands and pretends everything is okay. You know, like, it, like, like that corporate world, like there's no like real beef in a way like there is, but it's behind closed doors or in a way. But like, I wish to God that like, it would just, just really like, they would just go for it one time. Like, because he's not necessarily saying stuff that's not true. Like, right if you're telling the truth then you're telling the truth and like maybe saying like six months from now that your business isn't going to be here anymore you know isn't necessarily the way to go but if you're telling the truth (laughs) just you know you know fucking throw that glove on the ground or do whatever like you know like i'd kind of like to see that i'd like to see those fights like more so than i do the other stuff 
I agree, and that's what I don't understand. Is it's like they basically like t- take t- uh, THQ is just like you know like thanks for pissing in our cornflakes, and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Like, no, you meant <laughs> to do that. You should own you know own the statement instead of you know prove me wrong. Be here in seven months. You know, start making some damn money. Right. You know. Yeah, the, he, it, it's it's kind of disappointing because basically you know it kind of looks like Strauss Zelnick is a wuss. <laughs> But, it's, but that's how corporate works, though. Like that's how they work, though. Like it's not even him being a wuss. It's just how corporate works. Like they just back off of statements like that because it's like, oh, we don't want to like make each other mad. There may be some business deals or something we have to deal with in the future. You know, like it's it's just stupid. Well, like, I feel like you, they... you can't take that back. So you might as well just you might as well just own it. Yeah, just. But like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, you're going to be here in six months. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> if you really believe that, you won't be worried about any future business deals because there are none. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. yeah, I said it. Any mother, too. I would just love to see it. I would just love to see like real like, you know, like just a fucking fight break out on a stage somewhere like GDC or some shit or some some conference and just be great. And fucking best thing ever uh, and then the media looks down on us even more oh, <laughs> ah, who cares <laughs> there's like two old ass like they're like 80 year old guys one guy's walking on a cane the other guy's in a wheelchair they were fucking college football players and they fucking attack each other on stage dude like don't tell me that people are gonna look down on video games fuck that <laughs> <laughs> but so, so who do you think would win in a fight though because THQ has the WWE and the UFC brand so they should know how to fight but take two They've done Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead, so I mean they know they know some gritty violence too. I think it's an even matchup. I think so. Like, I think you gotta put it in a cage. If you put it in a cage, maybe you give the advantage to <laughs> yeah. Well that's the WWE <laughs> and UFC experience right there. Yeah, THQ's oh got gosh. it in the bag. Oh man. I don't know, take two brings knives to the fight, so <laughs> 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 fucking fight starts is just like uh, uh, just shivs him. <laughs> the ring, like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Just hands up. Like what? What? What, what, uh, what happened? <laughs> oh, that's, oh, weird. that's like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but on a, I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say on a serious note, but go ahead. One <laughs> thing that bother me though is that there's one thing that kind of may get lost in this, and it's the fact that he brings up Metacritic as a justification for stuff, and it just in a way it points to like how much corporate really does take that shit to heart. Not that it's not a measurement, not that Take-Two hasn't had good games that have been rated well, but I fucking hate hearing Metacritic as a justification for everything in the universe. Like, I, I, I agree. One, one of those things where they're like, well, we're, Metacritic loves us, so of course we're going to mention that, but if they didn't have that as a source, then he clearly wouldn't be referencing that. It's just that, like, that it's available. Couldn't, couldn't it just be the you know justification of like standing on your own merit, though? Like. Look at how look at how fucking but, good but, games but, are. But, look but, at how bad their games are. Yeah, but there's I mean, they numbers, but at least Metacritic it gives some sort of like third party like observational credence to it. Whereas to just say oh, our games are awesome and your games suck, that's all just his opinion. Of course he's gonna say that. At least he's got there's no there's it's 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 really just it's shorthand for like this is what the gaming community thinks and it's there's no real body that can represent that. I guess Metacritic is sort of the best we have in that regard. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, I don't have any problem with Metacritic, you know, myself, like the actual system, but that system can be abused easily. It could, yeah, it can be taken to heart too much. Like, it's okay yeah. if you use it in addition to other things. Didn't, how did you measure shit before Metacritic? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, 
yeah, so I guess that was a whole lot of a lot of nothing. But the words have been said, and I guess we'll see what THQ does. If they're well, they're they. I'm pretty sure they're gonna be around <laughs> in seven months, unless 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 they know something that we don't know, and it is really just that bad. You know, THQ because they are closing up shops left and right. Yeah, they're bleeding but, money a little bit. Yeah, but we really just, I guess we just really need to see what happens with their restructure if it's actually successful or not. Uh, but moving on to our next topic, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about about GameStop and a little bit about online passes. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> online this, passes. This really they kind go of to hell. Way, isn't it? <laughs> what did you say? It's kind of a two-parter in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a two-parter. Uh, basically, you know, as we all know, um, in order to help with the free fall, or I guess the the the, uh, the downfall that comes from you know the used games market, or not just the used games market, but the way GameStop rapes it, <laughs> they pretty <laughs> much, uh, you know, a lot of, um, publishers have been including online passes in a lot of their games. Yeah, uh, this is no not news to anybody. However, there was a lawsuit, a lawsuit, you know, that's what they're called now, <laughs> a, a lawsuit in the state of California uh, because GameStop was not giving any type of warning that, you know, when you buy used games, you're also going to have to pay, you know, 10 bucks for this online pass. So a uh, settlement was reached, and basically, uh, at this point, um, GameStop's going to start putting warning labels on used games, at least for the next two years. And I'm not sure if that's just in the state of California or not. I wouldn't think so because I don't think they would. Want yeah, this I would lawsuit. assume it's. I don't. Yeah, I don't think they would want this lawsuit to you know to have pop up elsewhere because it definitely could, especially after this. And a precedent's already been set, so that's pretty much in the bag. Yeah. Um. So you know they're gonna put the warning labels on, and for those who and I don't know if this extends outside of California or not, but for those who have purchased used games. Uh, that use online pass, they are now in a, uh, entitled to fifteen dollars in savings from GameStop. Hmm. Yeah, so I don't know if that's fifteen dollars per per game. I doubt it. Uh, that you know per used game that they bought with the online pass. I yeah, you probably have to like show some sort of proof of purchase or something along those lines to be part of the class action lawsuit in order to get it. But well, no, because I, I mean, it I depends. Think, I think it goes for for anybody. Because uh, they didn't mention, you know, that's a reward of the class action lawsuit. Well, they usually do that thing where they send out, like, you know, some sort of notification or put it in the paper, and it's like, oh, if you were part of this, yeah, this is how you take, you know, this is how you take advantage. Which means it, it could be anybody that bought anything, really. But it, if that's the case, then it's probably only just, like, the 15 bucks once. Yeah, I think it's just the 15 bucks once. And then, you know, I guess we'll see. But, um... Yeah, so GameStop, I'm assuming, like, uh, I don't know, like I said, the deal, the, the whole $15 thing, don't know how far that extends, but uh, the warning label thing, that's something that they're going to be, you know, putting, you know, in the practice everywhere, because I know they don't really want to get sued again, but I, you know what, this is something they really should have done from the beginning, and it just shows, and I think, I don't, I don't really think I have to talk to convince anybody of this, but it just kind of shows that GameStop does not care about the cons- about its consumers. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I don't, you know, nobody, I really don't have to convince anybody of that, but it just really shows it, because if they did, they would have, that would have been, you know, part of the credo when this started happening. But, you know, they'd probably be like, well, it's the publishers that are, you know, they're putting on that passion, not us. So, you know, that's I really like talking. that. Could you do that again? <laughs> the publishers, they, they do that, not us. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's how so. publishers talk. I know, that's how GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no problem. So, oh, well. but, um, yeah, you know, that's something I would have thought they were different in the beginning, but of course they did not. And, you know, I really shouldn't be surprised, but now they're kind of paying for it because uh, depending on how many people actually take advantage of this, which I hope everybody does. I wish I could. It's only California, right? Well, that's the, that's the thing. I, they well, didn't give any additional. We'll find out. You'll yeah. probably get some sort of notice or something mm-hmm. if, yeah. if it's outside of it. Cool. Yeah. Get 15 bucks back for ME3. <laughs> yeah. What did you buy? ME3 used? Uh, I bought ME3 used, but I borrowed ME2 from a friend, and then just paid for the online pass. Oh, okay. Well, they I was gonna. I was starting just borrowing ME3 from a friend, but then I ended up buying it used. Oh, okay. Because I just didn't want to give EA money. When you bought, and then I ended up giving EA money through the pass. So whatever. Exactly. So, so you lost that transaction, eh? Mm. Well, the ME two, ME two one. Yeah, I gave games on it. It's a lose lose situation. I should just borrowed ME three from a friend. Just paid for the stupid pass. At least that'd only be like ten bucks out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, check. I don't know. Like if you if you've been buying online passes. Uh, for used games, well, no, no, sorry. If you've been buying used games that require online passes, make sure you cash in. Yeah. Because GameStop doesn't care about you. Why should you care about GameStop? Mm. Ain't that the damn truth? I mean, it, and it does. Fair, it, it EA points... doesn't care about us either, but no company. Really GameStop cares doesn't about care about black people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go for it. Oh, I have to interrupt you for a second for your speech because Mass Effect Three had the best ending ever. No, I don't know. I'm just throwing something out there. It's the best ending of all time, but it's okay. No. I don't know. I was trying to make a Kanye West joke and it flopped in my face. It's okay. okay. Nobody tells worse jokes than Nick, so it's all right. <laughs> it's true. It's true. No, but the one thing I want to say though, it's good to notice that apparently all those uh, those those EULAs that ban class action lawsuits and force you into arbitration don't apply to GameStop. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What that, wants to be a EULA on their receipts now? Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you purchase from GameStop, you know. Be pretty, you know, you this game from GameStop, you know, exempts us. Oh, you know those cards they have, those power <laughs> cards. Watch it, like to have this power up card that gets you so much percentage. If, if you want to turn, it'll if you take find a way to sell less of those cards. That would be it. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, yeah. No, they're free though. So if you took it for they free, they are not so free. Well, the well, there's certain there's, versions there's that are. Versions they don't ever try and give you those. <laughs> they no. want to sell you the ones that are fifteen dollars. Right, but if you get the free one, it'll probably come with a EULA. That'll say no class action. Well, the $15 won't probably come with the EULA. I pay for Xbox Live, and they're shitting on me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, right. yeah, I mean, that, it's still, it points to the, I mean, you said it, and, and even that that joke, in a way, like, points to it, too, is that, like, GameStop doesn't give a shit about, like, customers, no more than any other co- any, any other company does, but they really don't care, because if they were, if they cared about customer service at fucking all, you wouldn't have this lawsuit, because you wouldn't have corporate basically saying like no 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 push the used game and then sell them the online pass like you would have them saying oh you're gonna buy a game that has an online pass we'll buy the new game because it's it makes more yep. sense but they don't want to yep. do that because gamestop sees more profit the other way but they, I'll don't, tell you, they don't care I'll, I'll tell you how i got that me3 copy though but i didn't pay near as much as i probably should have for it but anyways i'll tell y'all later 
Oh, okay. Does this involve an alley and somebody's pants down? No, it does not. Oh, okay. No, it does not. I'm just saying. I no, heard the people like I'm you know. I'm not that desperate. Sorry, you know, I'm never that desperate to play games. No, sucking a dick terrible. for a sandwich, sucking a dick for a game. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Be, I, there's so many jokes that I'm going to not say because. Have we ever had a mash cast that just completely jumped the shark? Because I think we might have just done it. Uh, <laughs> 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 it the porn cast now. Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, fuck your oh. flying sharks, flying black people. Yeah. All in the last, like, you know, two topics. <laughs> so, yeah, but, you know, I think the, the other topics were just kind of so droll and 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 not well not depressing to a degree i kind of feel like this is a little it's good i i feel like i'm getting all that negativity out now at least i have something to just beat True. up on that's earned it yeah and gamestop always always deserves yeah. beating up on gamestop is a it's a good feeling yeah, yeah but being as somebody who's worked at gamestop i mean i, I think oh. that i think that it qualifies like 75 percent of the population oh. Oh, gamer. I've worked for GameStop too. It's terrible. They, but, they, <laughs> really, they really actually do like totally put you know GameStop making money over customer service. If you wanted to tell a customer that you should buy this game new because it makes more sense and you'd be paying the same price anyway, there are managers, people higher up that would say, "Why are you doing that?" So. Yeah. No, they absolutely deserve this lawsuit. They absolutely deserve people ringing them for every goddamn cent <laughs> that they can get from them. Yeah. And more power to you, people. More power to you. Good job, California. You're kind of redeeming yourself, I guess, in some way after trying to ban M-rated games or whatever. So, good job. Yeah. But uh, this actually ties in with our next topic. Uh, we bet on GameStop some more. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, best match thing ever. <laughs> All right. So there was an article. Uh, it was actually written by Richard Brown. Richard Brown with an E. So I kind of want to say Brownie, but it's just Brown. <laughs> Richard Brown. And uh, he's been in the game. Uh, he's been in the game industry for 25 years. He's ran development for seven different publishers, both internally and externally. And he wrote an article on gamesindustry.biz called The Real Cost of Used Games. Uh, and it was, it was, I thought it was very interesting, you know, read because, you know, uh, there's been a lot of speculation on whether or not, uh, you know, Microsoft and Sony are going to block these games. There are rumors that they are. Um, now, a lot of us don't believe it, like myself, Rob. Uh, we know we don't believe it. You know, Nick as well. Mikey, what do you think? Do you think they're gonna, you know, block these games? Uh, I don't. I think they're just they're not gonna block it, but I think they're gonna like try to like hurt it even more than they are now. Okay. So you know, yeah, we don't think like Mikey doesn't think they're gonna completely block it. So we're kind of we're all on the same page pretty much. Uh, you know, but you know, his article is basically talking about real cost of used games and how it hurts the industry and why Microsoft and Sony should pull the trigger. You know, I kind of like the fact that he, he, he brings up the fact that Microsoft and Sony don't have problems with used games. They have a problem with GameStop's business model. You know, the way GameStop abuses the used games model. Um, you know, he brought up that, you know, he, you know, somebody who you know, went to a GameStop and, you know, uh, fortunately for me, 
pretty much any GameStop I went to, I knew the people that worked there. Like, they were my friends. So I never had anybody really pressure me to get used stuff. But he's saying, no, his buddy went to a GameStop, and the, 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 the clerk or you know, GA, I, guess, I think they're called. Yeah, they, Game uh, Advisors. Yeah, they, uh, they had to get approval from their manager to sell him a, a new game. You know. That's new. And that's GameStop in a nutshell, though. That's, I mean, like, I've it, never, it, that's kind I've of never extreme. That that's kind of extreme, but that's kind of GameStop in a nutshell, though. That's. With the that's other, what they I will for. say, when you try to sell a new copy on the computer, if there's a used copy of that game, it will pop up and be like, "There's a used copy. Try to sell it." <laughs> yeah, that's like the, a fucking computer demon that pops. Ah, I have a fucking news game. Sell this used game. Sell it. Sell it. Sell it. <laughs> no, I will say that there is. Or two the stockades for you. That and that your hours are based off how many pre-orders and. Uh, freaking cards you sell it pissed me off. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we, the, we, the can that, we can bash on GameStop, but this is a complaint about, about the job that you had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anyways. but you know that was one of the examples that he gave. And you know, instead of just talking about the cost, like you know, well, because GameStop keeps recycling games, developers are losing money. He doesn't really talk about that. What he talks is about is the result of that uh, of that 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 function or that model the fact that developers and publishers are losing money so what they're actually doing to try to stop that you know from from happening so he talks about uh the first thing he talks about is you know the online passes uh you know getting money from the online passes which is primarily just an annoyance you know what i'm saying like uh-huh. who, nobody really wants to pop in an online pass uh, every time they open up a game they don't want to pop an online pass you know, like it, it is annoying. It is an annoyance. It's one more, more step, you know, to that keeps you from not being in the game. And everybody, you know, as soon as you get home, you want to be right in that game. And it's just another barrier, uh, to the player, to to the people who just bought your game brand new. So it's, you know, kind of punishing because even that's that's the thing. Like, <laughs> if you think about it, um. If you bought the game used and you bought it for fifty bucks, you can just you know press download online pass and buy it there. It's it's even less of a hassle, you know. So you're kind of punishing the people who are buying your, your games brand new. Uh, you know, we're already talking about what well, we talked you know DLC earlier with Capcom, but you know DLC is a must now, so they can try to recoup some some extra cost uh, because you know while while you know. In some cases, I do feel like DLC is just a bit greedy. Uh, it is. It, I think that the whole thing about DLC being a, as important as it is to the industry kind of started with the fact that they're like, yo, well, we're not making enough money, <laughs> you know, because of the used games thing. That's kind of how it uh, spread even further. Uh, so he talks about that. But then um, I think more something that's hit, that hits harder is the fact that he talks about the death of single player. Oh, yeah, that's that really. I never thought of it that way, and that was a very interesting take. Right. Well, he's not. And the thing is, like, I just want to clarify, he's not saying the single player is dead. You no. Know, he's, he's saying that you know, he he brings up the fact that you know all games pretty much have multiplayer now. So all AAA titles have like some type of multiplayer, even if it doesn't really fit, or even if they don't need it. You know, like um, look at the. Uh, he used Ninja Gaiden as an example, but um, yeah, look at Dead I Space. Oh, go ahead. That was a great example, though, because Ninja Gaiden, like almost universally, people say that game is shit. 
Yeah. And, and you can only imagine that, like, well, if they didn't have to worry about multiplayer and all that crap this time around, how much better could that game have been? Yeah. Honestly, I don't think it could have been much better still, but it probably would have been a lot better <laughs> than multiplayer without multiplayer. But that, that's what he says, you know, he's like, you know, there are games that are still good, like Uncharted has a multiplayer and it sells a good single player, and, and I, Dead Space has a good single player, but it has a multiplayer as well, but they're out of place. But not all the getting that every game is going to have the budget that those games have. Yeah, you but know? did y'all really play Uncharted's multiplayer? No. Okay, no, there I mean, you go. The is that what it's like? Love it. People huh? don't love it, but it's not bad. But, it's not bad, it, but, but it adds but nothing to the experience. You can like, you, you can get everything you get from Uncharted without ever seeing touching multiplayer. Right. Yeah. And most people like, do. Like they just play single player. Exactly. Yeah. Dead Space. I, Dead Space Two. I didn't touch the multiplayer. Who played Dead Space Two multiplayer? So, that defeats the whole purpose, sure. really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, not gonna pee myself playing Dead Space multiplayer. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know that's the thing. Like from what I can even see, it's not it's not scary. You know, you don't have this thing with a game like Dead Space. You don't need multiplayer. You, you don't because they control the experience, and them controlling the experience makes it scary. That's what makes the single player say scary. But you don't have that. It's fucking chaos. <laughs> you know. But you know, uh, back on topic. Um, you know, he did talk about how developers are spending more. Yeah, instead, of, instead, of, instead, of, instead of spending more time on the single player and and. and you know, making it better, polishing it more. They have to spend time with multiplayer and not only creating the multiplayer, because once you create the concept of your multiplayer and then you create your units and you create the type of gameplay that's going to be, then you have to balance the whole thing on top of that. You know, so it's a lot of time that's that's spent that really should be spent on single player. And then uh, companies, he, he brought up Tim, Tim Schafer, which I thought was a really good example. You know, Tim Tim Schafer makes excellent, you know, single player experiences. But if Tim Schafer brings these excellent single player experiences to a larger publisher, they will probably classify it as a high risk or a low return game because they know that once that game hits, it's going to be recycled over and over and over again because it's only single player. There's mm-hmm. no reason for the player to keep it, you know, unless I guess they're like, you know. A collector, or they, you know, or, or they right, really they're, they're in the minority, though. Yeah, exactly, that's a huge minority. Well, so. There's a, there's, I think. What about New Game Plus? Does that not mean anything to anybody anymore? But consider if you can sit down and beat, say, a single player game like, say, Brutal Legend in ten hours. If you, even with a New Game Plus, twenty hours, okay. Yeah. So I can turn, I can even if I spread it out, I can turn this game in by the end of the week and get money back for it. True. If you're just running, if you're doing a straight run through it, yeah. Right. Which, you know... Which I some guess, people do. Some, oh, that's yeah, how some, some people, people do actually things. do that. Even people with jobs, you know? Yeah. It's not just kids doing it, folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? they, people come home from work, sit down and play Call of Duty every night. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know. And that's uh, that's kind of the, the, the thing. Like, you know, some people... I think it's mainly older uh, people will respect the, de- respect the, the developers and the aspe- aspect that, like... I need. I want to support them, kind of like you want to support a uh, an artist, like a, your favorite, one of your favorite music artists. But a lot of people, real, a lot of people think it's funny and take pride in things like piracy. So it's nothing for them to just you know straight up not really care um, about buying a, a, a used game or or buying a game and trade it in. I mean, I know people who buy uh, who buy used games. And I guess it really doesn't matter. The only person help hurts is GameStop, so I guess I really don't care. 
but sure they'll buy a used game and then make sure they beat it in seven days so they can return it. Oh yeah, there is that. I tried yeah. that for a while. There's a contingent. Yeah, I really don't care about that. You guys can continue to do that. <laughs> but the um, you know, but at the same time, there's little people who just buy a game and then trade it in for a used game. You know, so maybe their new strategy because that usually happens when you have like a game come out and then their other game releases around it. So maybe the publisher strategy shouldn't be you know, uh, online passes, but just release in a barren area, like in a barren time period where there's no other games that somebody would want to trade for. Summertime, it's a good time. There's not many games then. So. Yeah. You guys can use that one for free. I won't charge you for that. <laughs> Mashcast, giving out good ideas for free every week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, he mentioned the uh, the death of, you know, variety. Um, that you know, we're kind of seeing that we've complained about this before that we're kind of seeing the same things over and over again, or we're seeing games that used to be at one genre turn something else. And the perfect example, resident evil. Oh my, like I don't, that's, uh, we used to be, you know, the best survival horror game. And now like, I don't even, you could barely call it survival horror. It's he he says it's a tactical shooter, but it's it's primarily just like an action game, you know. Mm. And that's the thing about it, like it's, uh, it it, I, it is sad what they did to Resident Evil. Um, you know, some people do actually. I'm sorry, it, I to to make I guess to to make the point though, even though it is kind of sad what they did to Resident Evil, it worked because Resident Evil has more players than ever at this point. Yeah, but. But I yeah, like- we we are seeing a a a uh, a decrease in the variety of games. Like that's another game that really didn't need multiplayer. You know, and you you're talking about somebody that's really trying to get you for your money. Capcom, like Resident Evil Five, was the one where you had to pay for the multiplayer separately. Yeah, versus was locked on the disc too. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, but he he made you know very valid points. Uh, he says that some companies are trying to you know, do things that you know, have have other ways of trying to keep uh, the players engaged or keep the disc from being traded. And he brought up Red Dead Redemption and L.A. Noir, those games being ex- so expansive and taking a long time to beat. But then on top, you know, he also brings up the fact that those games were really expensive to make. I mean, we, I mean L.A. Noir was in development for seven years. You know? L.A. Noir was in development for seven years, and he said those are really high risk, and not everybody could pull that off. Like Rockstar could pull that off because of you know one their reputation, and two like they just make really quality games. But not everybody has that formula. You know, EA could take a game and then you know let it gestate for seven years, and it still not be a good game when it comes out. So look at Duke Nukem, fourteen years. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did that? Did they traded a lot of hands though in development, didn't it? Uh oh, it did. Yeah. <laughs> but no. technically speaking, so did L.A. Noir. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, that place was a turning door. But uh, you know, the the uh, overall, like you know, of course we'll have the the show notes and uh, you know, the well, the, we'll have the link in the show notes. But he just makes really good points. Uh, yeah. regarding 
the real cost and you know not just the money aspect of you know because you could say well developers are losing money but you know as of right now like who nobody i don't think anybody really put that data together as to how much money they're actually losing so but you know you we can see these effects the diff the the changes and the industry trends of how they of how you know what the type of games they make the, the major publishers and this is kind of why I feel that indie developers are really going to kind of save the core. They're really going to save, you know, the core gamer. Uh, because the indie developers are the ones bringing the unique experiences now uh, and, the, and the new gameplay ideas, whereas the major publishers are kind of just sitting behind. and Yeah, like that look, game company. Yeah, exactly, like letting things happen to them. Another thing that's funny too is almost impo- almost as important as the fact that they're doing all these different experiences and experimenting and doing you know a lot of fantastic stuff is the fact that indie is almost entirely digital. Yeah, and it's yes. cheap because there's no churn there. You can't you can't turn in a game like if Journey was a disc based game, how much money would you, how many copies would Journey have actually sold? Not many. Exactly. How yes. many people would you know like game that you can get through in you know about an hour or so. And it's that's it, you know, it's single player. Like, I mean, you can get different experiences and stuff from it, but like for most for people who are like, oh, it's just a game, whatever. And it's, dude. But Rob, it I have to play it. you have to play it multiple times yeah. to make sure that cloth is full of symbols. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just funny because it's almost as important yeah. <laughs> in a way. So, yeah. but yeah, it's it it is a varied issue, and I I do like what he the way he framed it because you always hear the argument that like well used. Use games mean they, they don't get money, but it's like, well, it has other effects that don't get talked about as much, and, and those other effects are a lot more important. Yeah, we're actually facing those effects as we speak in today's market, so. Yeah, so. Block yeah. this DLC! Online badges! Ah, uh, stop! Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Sensitive spot. Um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I would definitely check, I would definitely check out the article we put into the show notes. If you've never looked at a show note before, check out this article. It's it's really good. Um, if you can, actually, I forgot about it. If you can, because you kind of need to sign up for their site and you kind of need to be part of the industry um, to view it. So let me let me know if you have trouble with that, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna bring us to the end of the Mashcast. Uh, let's see what new games are coming out. I always forget. You didn't remind me this week, Nick. Oh, sorry. Well, let me see. No, let me I, see here. Pull. Oh, you go. You can run through it if you want to. Oh, let's see. That's uh, the week of April sixteenth, correct? Yeah, you want to do it for yeah. next week? Yeah, we've got uh, the Witcher two. We've got uh, Trials Evolution. We've got Insanely Twisted Shadow Planet. Was it One X UIs? I think it's Nexus. Like Next, Nex- wow. Next Wiz or something. Did somebody not Nexus. proofread the game title? <laughs> and then we've got uh is that bot- botanicula botanicula and what? uh the we the week of weirdly named games yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not the week for me to step up here <laughs> you don't have to name them all like the stuff that nobody's gonna play like, don't, yeah how's yeah. the dead four people are gonna play that maybe there's a there's a disgia game for the vita yeah just oh, it's just three. a remake of it's, three it it basically is three though on the Vita, which is kind of impressive. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, but the Vita's got that power, so yeah, which yeah. is why I want Persona Four Vita make it happen. Go, anyways. <laughs> it was, so, 
McGruffin's Curse? What's that? Never heard of it. McGruffin's Curse. I don't even see that one. Yeah. Next week. I don't know. Never heard of it. All right. So, All right. So that's, that's it. That. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, you can catch us on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, you can catch us on iTunes. You know, if you listen weekly, you might as well just subscribe to iTunes. Uh, you can also catch us on Stitcher Smart Radio on your iOS or Android device. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash MTB site and facebook.com. Uh, slash mash those buttons. I would highly suggest following those two if you listen to this, simply because we got some we got some uh some pretty cool stuff from PAX, um and we're gonna be giving some stuff away very very soon. So I would you know we're gonna be doing giveaways on both Twitter and Facebook, and I would just check it out if I was you. I'm just saying. <laughs> All hint, right. Hint hint. Yeah. So um. <laughs> Yeah, that is going to be that's going to bring us to the end of the mash cast. Uh, Mikey, thanks for joining us. It was a blast. We should have um, you. We should do this more often. The four yeah, man. I almost feel like should, we should do this on a regular basis. The four man mash cast because this shit was awesome. Yeah, I love doing these. I wish I could do more. Please, I, I'm pretty sure I can make that happen. <laughs> Me being in charge Question and all. Mark? I mean, I like doing versus series, but you know, when we don't do versus series for a while. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. I know, I know. It's okay, <laughs> I'll just work up on ideas on what to verse, and maybe we'll. Oh no, I, I think I think we're gonna try this again, probably oh. next week. Uh, <laughs> hey, oh. this is where that fan input on Twitter.com and Facebook will help a lot. All of a sudden, it's like I hate Mikey. Get him off. No, I'm kidding. Don't say that. Please don't. Please. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good cliffhanger to leave on. Will Mikey be back next week? Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we are we we're out of here, and we will catch you next week. Make sure you listen to our PAX coverage. We weren't talking two hours for nothing. <laughs> yeah, seriously, we basically went through most of the games so that you didn't have to, or so that you could get a, a good rundown of them. Yeah. Uh, and if not that, we have all of our PAX coverage that's going to be on the site uh, through this week, through this weekend. Keep yep. an eye on it. Yep. I, li- I listened to the uh, the PAX cast and I felt like I was there because I felt like it took me a full two days to listen to the whole thing. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going right. to take that as a compliment. Okay. Alright guys, we're, seri- we're, we're for serious this time. We're getting out of here. All right. <laughs> I love you. I love you more. I love you. I love you more. <laughs> you hang up the phone first. No, you hang up the phone first. <laughs> I'm hanging up right now. See ya. (laughs) Happy Friday the 13th. Bye.